All right, you coppers, listen up. This is Charles the Rock out of podcasting, and I've got the giant size team up network here at Gunpoint. And if you don't give in to all my demands, I'm going to release all their episodes to the public, and you'll have to listen to them. All right, now just calm down, Mr. McFall. This is Agent Drew Peacock. We don't want to go ahead and do anything rash, so just, you know, let those guys in there go. Give up all those episodes. No one wants to listen to that. Come on. Do the right thing. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, man. If you don't give in to my demands, swear to God, I got my finger on the button right now. I'll do it. All right, all right. What What are your demands? Just let us know. For toy power, I'm going to need a G.I. Joe carrier from back in the day. For, for Blazing Defender Report, I'm going to need the first Captain America comic. Uh, for, for breaking the panel, Paul's already worn out the new podium I got him for Christmas, so he's going to need a new one. Probably a new white cap as well. Botch Podcast. They're going through alcohol withdrawal right now. They could die at any minute. You're going to need to get them a keg of absinthe to last at least another 30 minutes. For Pokemon Go podcast, we're going to need some new golden plates, some new underwear, and uh, a Meltan if you've got it. Uh, and um, for FTHP, I'm going to need Plan B pills and at least $150 of Google Play cards. Wow, is that all? No, for Geek Versus, I'm going to need a new intro to their show, preferably one that's not some, you know, crappy morning shock jock type of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean... You know, we're going to work on it. You know, actually, I've got the negotiator here. He's been listening to all your demands, and, um, you know, I'm going to put him on right now, and then we can get this all worked out. I don't care! Well, there you have it. Also, I've been authorized to let you know that if you don't give up right now... I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to press this button. You better give me what I fucking asked for. I'm the rock out of podcast, so you don't talk to a deity this way. Yeah, if, if you don't go ahead and leave and, you know, give up the hostages... Then we're gonna have to send Chris Wisdom in there. Yeah, we got him back, and we will give him back to you if you don't, you know, stop what you're doing. Well, all right, I'm coming out. No need to get crazy. You know, just if if any of you care to listen, just head on over to you know www.giantsizeteamup.com and you know check it out. Yeah, no, we won't. But yeah, have fun in prison, you stupid son of a bitch. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we're going to do a retrospective of 2018. No, we did that last week. <laughs> I'm the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall, and the coolest dude in the universe, Paul Klotz. Hey, buddy. How you been this week, Paul? I've been good, man. It's uh, It's been a good week. Man, Getting ready to go away for the weekend. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. I've I had a good week, too. We'll talk about it later. First, we got some news to jump into. <laughs> I just, I just eyeball the camera to see what he's gonna do. Of course, the man that uh, we had to hire because of affirmative action, Philip Keating. <laughs> yeah, not enough, not enough olive oil on the premises. <laughs> not, yeah, don't make me get Tony P. Henderson in here. He can fill your uh, affirmative role instantly. <laughs> he's just not even breaking. He's just there. Yeah, give me- I. Everything's great on my end. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, but we do have a few few interesting headlines that should get us talking here. I know that Paul, I think you brought this to the host chat uh, a few days ago, a day ago. But DC Comics, and this is the wording of the headline, not my wording. DC Comics finally comes to Comicsology unlimited and amazon and it's kind of a big deal because that's what uh four years behind marvel unlimited oh geez you know and yeah. comicsology unlimited came out what a year ago two years ago about two to three years ago yeah 
Because I remember we were still doing, I can't remember if we were doing this show or if it was at the end of FDH, uh, like the end of that whole series. But it happened because I remember going, man, I'd love to have a DC subscription service. And we said, well, DC's on Comixology and they're launching their own service. And then, yeah, it's taking this a while, but it's here now. And Comixology is owned by Amazon. Does that mean if you're Amazon Prime, this works as like the books? No, you have to have a separate. Yep, it's a separate subscription. All right. Uh, so, yeah, there's that news. What do you guys think about uh, DC Comics finally having a digital subscription service? Uh, does that mean it didn't work with their DC Unlimited app that had comic books on it? Yeah, uh, the DC Universe, you mean? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it does say, the line here in the article says, despite, uh, despite the growth and everything with digital, DC Comics has proven reluctant to take part in any digital subscription service apart from the archive of classic comics available as part of DC Universe. I've not actually dove into that part of DC Universe. I do have access to it. I've mostly just been watching Titans. Uh, that's pretty much all I do on that thing. So uh, I don't know. The way this phrase is, says classic. So maybe no new DC stuff. Was on there? Maybe the new stuff would just go to Comicsology. <sighs> no, no. Yeah, oh, no, this is a little different than what you're saying. This is specific to DC, but this library will be also be made available as part of the Amazon Prime service to uh, and to e-reader users through Amazon's Kindle Unlimited program. Okay, so it's part of the Kindle Unlimited, not the Prime Reading, which Prime well, Reading. Okay. I didn't realize there's a difference. Books, yeah. Okay. Prime Reading gives you free uh, books and magazines for having a Prime membership. Kindle Unlimited is a subscription that you can pay a monthly fee to read unlimited amount of material. So Okay. All right. All that right. makes it a little bit more of a, a possibility for me then. If it's going to be part of the Kindle Unlimited because I would like to read some some DC comic books. Um, this but, is a quote, and you can look through the article yourself here, but the quote is, with addition, the addition of DC and DC Vertigo titles, we're providing more convenience and a great opportunity for readers to discover and explore some of the best stories comics have to offer at no additional cost to their current Prime, Kindle Unlimited, or Comixology Unlimited subscription. So it kind of sounds like they might be throwing this under Prime, too. It's, it's, now I'm a little confused. Well, what, does it have a date when this is supposed to be hitting? Uh, or did they just like ink a deal so it's still gonna have to go through the channels i'm gonna google that while you and paul talk about what you think about well if it's coming i no matter what i mean i've always wanted to be i read comics on my phone as i'm going to bed and that's what i use it the most now i'm reading you know the run of uh miles morales because spider-verse beat the shit out of me and now i gotta consume as much as i can so the fact that you're telling me that soon enough i'll be able to read swamp thing and a digital version of the watchman part of my amazon subscription yeah i dig that um right, even if it's like a, a like a six dollar subscription fee i don't think that's too much it's not like you uh read your Watchman books before i well, <laughs> you know what uh mr klotz uh you're right <laughs> but I, I i've slowly and surely ah. have been coming to shut up a digital reader and i've noticed this you know because i've been reading more books as i go to bed and i'm not reading my paperback any kind of books anymore what he does is he hands the tablet to Sue and says, read this to me while I fall asleep. I can't he still doesn't that. technically read them. That's why I don't read the show notes, because I'm embarrassed that I can't read. 
Uh, Prime reading will only have selected books, comics, and other publications. Ugh, nothing but Green Arrow. <laughs> but I'm looking for the actual... Well, I think it's... I don't have any of these services, so I can't just go check. But it sounds like it's available right now. Uh, why don't you stall and I'll pull up my Kindle Unlimited? Yeah. Uh, of course, you get a 30-day free trial of Comixology Unlimited. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the trial lit time is for uh, Prime Unlimited, whatever it was called. Uh, and there's a list. There's some a list of some stuff on there. Um. <laughs> Okay, what's the we're talking about DC. Um, this is a different article on Forbes I found, but uh, we're talking about DC. It says you know, here's a bunch of stuff that can be purchased. Into, it, it instantly gave a list of Marvel comics you can read on Comicsology. It's like, wait a minute, why? Why is there a list of Marvel comics when I'm talking <laughs> about DC stuff here? <laughs> you yeah. have no power. Kindle Unlimited members today. This is uh, this is actually today. This is twelve hours ago. Kindle Unlimited members today will have access to 40 critically praised Marvel collections with 20 also available through Prime Reading. This, what, God damn it! Stop talking about Marvel! Stop talking about Marvel! Stop it! Stop, Stop talking about Marvel! Fucks, shut up, whiny asses. <laughs> You're dicks. Uh... Did you find anything, Phil? Oh, you're still looking. No, I I, I see that Batman is on here, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. Um, come back to me later on in the show. This title from Adega says now available. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the quote is DC Comic. Com- God damn it, Comicsology and Amazon announced today <laughs> that select DC and DC Vertigo titles are now available through the multiple subscription services and no additional cost of those services. Now, the services, of course, cost, but you don't have to pay extra if you're already in those services. So, yeah, you should have it, you should have it now, essentially. I'm looking. Klotz, does this uh, affect you at all? Does this get you where you want to be? Probably not. I, You know, I think about DC once in a while where I'm like, hey, it'd be cool to... Nah, I'm good. Nah, bro. I don't know, man. My problem with DC is I don't know where to start. Yeah. I grew up on Marvel. Like I, obviously DC was a part of all of our lives growing up because particularly because of the Burton Batman films, it was almost impossible to not at least be a little bit aware of what was going on with it. And then of course it was all over television and stuff with uh, BTS and Brave and the Bold and everything. But I don't know. Like, I don't know where to start with the books. You know what I mean? and yeah it's it's yeah i it's cool it i'm sorry i hate to be like contrarian or whatever but it's like if it's not literally what marvel unlimited offers at a comparable price i don't give a fuck like it's got to have the same functionality the same usability you know what i mean this the I, same- I would even go to say the same depth of choice yeah the catalog's got to be just as deep and it isn't i can tell you that just by like searching a couple things i mean i can't get the killing joke for free yeah um i could get year one for free both on prime reading and kindle unlimited but it's really selective on what they're going to release Uh, and not only that there's not really a good search option either you you would think that like okay this is a new partnership 
this is on the front page of your Kindle app, you know, directing right, right. people to come here to, to, to sign up and it's not there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, of course the, the article from screen rant goes on to talk about, uh, this could be a nail in the coffin for the trouble print comics market. And, and then the end of that paragraph says, with DC Comics now offering so many of their classic works through a subscription service, there are fears that the friendly local comic book shop could go the way of the soda jerk and the five and nine. Way to reference the 60s, man, because that's a long time ago that stuff disappeared. Yeah. It disappeared How about, uh, in the 60s. It could go the way of Sears or JCPenney, man. <laughs> or, you know, Toys R Us. Or Toys R Us. No. Um, you know, we've had that conversation many times about you know, you and the mom and pop comic book shops uh, versus the industry and digital. But I don't know if you guys remember, but back in the day when GameStop was really trying to get people to come to their store, I could take the Nintendo DS. I think this is even before the 3DS. And there'd be a Nintendo hotspot. And they'd have GameStop exclusive DLC that's free, right? It might not do much. It might be a sticker or something. But right. you can take your DS into that store and be on that hotspot and get free shit for your games. What if comic books did the same thing? You know, help, help, well, it'd be the comic book companies, right? Like DC, Vertigo, Marvel. What if they said, hey, you know, we'll give out free digital copies, but it has to be through this. We can do it through this certain way. So you go to the mom and pop store, make friends, get your free comic book and and perhaps buy some paperbacks or something or buy download i don't know i don't know it seems like we could do something we talked about that uh something popped in my head there with that and now i'm forgetting i hate that it's not what i want thanks obama (laughs) (laughs) uh dc universe i'm gonna look at the universe and see what's on there uh Actually, I might not. I don't know if I have to say just the login here. But along the same lines, DC Comics has apparently been listening to the last two playthroughs of FDH Beyond Booze and Borderlands because they've released Jesus as a superhero. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, find out why that's funny. Go to twitch.tv forward slash FTH Beyond and find uh, the last two Borderlands. And actually, one of them is already on our YouTube channel. And the other one will be going over there tonight. Nice. This is this is probably one of the only times that we'll ever reference an article from CBN, which is, I believe, Christian Business News. Let's talk <laughs> about religion, boys. Politics not here. But your personal Lord and Savior. Well, I think if anybody's you know qualified to talk about this, a rock god himself is qualified. <laughs> so please tell us about your son's new book. <laughs> I love the opening line. DC Comics has a new superhero, and his name is Jesus. <laughs> his name uh, is Jesus. It's called the Second Coming. And it features Jesus returning to earth on a mission to set the gospel straight. Uh, written by Mark Russell and illustrated by Richard Pace. It's coming out March 2019. Dude, I, I, I just for the sheer shock value, I'll probably will pick this up and read it. Uh, but according to CBN, second coming is closer to blasphemous and biblical instead of a biblical account of Christ's return, which, by the way, there isn't one because everything in the Bible says he'll come back. There's no story of how he comes back or what he does. So that's a stupid-ass statement right there. 
Sorry if you're religious and listening. I grew up in the church. I know what I'm talking about. That's a dumb line. Uh, it depicts Jesus as a failure who disappointed God by getting crucified when he first walked to earth. Now, okay, I'll give you that one. That's, that, that could have fit a lot of Hold people. on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How many editors did this have to go through for this all to be missed? Not missed. They're doing this on purpose. So, I man. know. Somebody approved this. This is wonderful. This will sell because it, there is a market right now, especially in media, uh, anti-religion, right? You got, you've got that loud voice of, of I don't know. It, it's, there's a market for it. I can easily see. Uh, I, I wouldn't care what I believed as a business person. As long as it's well-written, I think it'll sell. I would have greenlit this. Uh, but he sent back to learn how to be a real messiah by learning from the superhero Sun Man. That's Isn't this man. just the storyline to how Stella got her groove back? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Ask Dennis. Uh, an all-powerful hero named Sun Man has to share a two-bedroom apartment with Jesus Christ. Uh, the conceit is that God was so upset with Jesus' performance the first time either since he was arrested so soon and crucified shortly after that he kept him locked up since then. Um, Sun Man is, quote, is like the varsity quarterback son God never had, end quote. Uh, Jesus is not omniscient in this series, but is totally clueless about what happened on Earth since he left. Um, Damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nightman. Uh, oh, now, this is an interesting line. When Jesus returns, he is shocked at how Christians have misinterpreted the gospel. Uh, second coming, this is now the quote uh, from uh, Russell. Second coming is about Jesus coming down, being appalled by what he sees has been done in his name by Christianity in the last 2,000 years. He goes by a mega church, and they have a billboard of this Tom Brady looking Jesus Christ throwing a football. He doesn't even recognize himself, which is a metaphor for him not recognizing what's been done with the religion that bears his name. He told Bleeding Cool. Uh, it, the series depicts Jesus setting the gospel straight by teaching Christians who he really is, an identity that Russell never fully explained himself in the interview. Uh, Russell believes that Christianity got it all wrong. Uh, the Christian religion doesn't, this is a quote, the Christian religion doesn't really base itself on what he taught, particularly in the modern evangelical mega churches. They have him more as a mascot on a t-shirt to prove they're on the winning team. Where I can see, it has, it's expected to have six issues. Where I can see some of this can be blasphemous of people. I fucking dig that shit, man. I gotta tell you how many times I told churches, you're getting it wrong. You're preaching hate instead of actually loving people. You know, um, I know you guys this are laughing. This conversation is boring. <laughs> are you gonna read it, Klotz? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Like, fuck no! Come I'm on. gonna pick up the first six and not read it. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know well, what? Let me, put it, let me put it on my poll list. Well, you pick up the six, just mail it to me. I'll read it and I'll give you a synopsis of it. Win win. Is it gonna be know. on comicsology? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, oh my god! I can't believe this. This isn't real. It's Somebody real. Snopes this. Snope this. Snope, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Although I did see another headline. Snopes it, man. Um, there, there's uh, Twitter from Richard Pace at our pace promoting the comic, and it looks like the official comic book cover. And it says Second Coming writer Mark Russell by art by Richard Pace, 2019 release. God sends Jesus to Earth in hopes that he will learn the family trade from Sun Man, an all powerful superhero Sun who is. Man. I know that's the stupidest <laughs> thing. Who is like the varsity quarterback son God never had. Um, I think it's real. I just. Uh... I, yeah, it's gotta be. 
What oh, I find man. interesting is that this this Christian based article actually just reported on it instead of ripping apart why it's of the devil and condemning it and everything else. I I basically read the entirety of the article to you here on the show. So I will say I'm actually impressed they reported the news and, and let people have their own conversation about it versus smacking it other than that line. And I mean, they're not wrong. It is, I can get you. I mean, if you're a, a tried and true Bible thumper, some, a lot of that is definitely blasphemous and sacrilegious to you. And I get that. I, don't know. I, I just love on the cover art how he's like force feeding that dude, that loaf of bread. That's a different cover, and I'm, I've gotten. No, you gotta, you gotta click the uh, the actual cover, and it zooms. Oh, I see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see it. Oh, it's man. a Vertigo, a DC Vertigo title, which actually kind of makes sense. Uh, Vertigo is is uh, the the darker line of comics, the more offbeat one. I uh, yeah, we'll keep it keep a ear to the cross and let us know when this comes out and i'll go down to the local shop and take a look <laughs> i'll get my ass handed to me as i leave the comic book shop uh that's funny ah uh, some of these comics unreal some of these, some of these comments on twitter are just oh yeah they're great unreal, they're yeah. One, yeah who knew twitter could be so uh twittery yeah all right one more headline um, what do you guys think of the, what do they call it, the Kelvin universe, the new Star Trek series by J.J. Abrams? The films? Yes. They're okay. I felt that. I felt like they were okay. They're, they're not incredible. There's good moments. Uh, in the second one, the role reversal spoilers between Kirk and Spock was pretty well done, well acted. Um, it's not Star Trek in the classic sense, though. I agree. Phil, you look like you had something to say. No, I've never seen a single. Okay, well, that's a, that's no surprise. Uh, the last one they did felt like a, an interesting space story, but none of it felt like Star Trek to me. The last one was pretty rough, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I love Simon Pegg and his writing, and if I it it, it, it was better than Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. But it had that same feel to me of well, if we take the brand off of it, you take Star Trek off of it it's an interesting one off if, if you take star trek off of it that's a sci-fi movie exactly it's a like, kind of like a i mean i mean movie. i mean Siffy, the network like it, it oh was, i see yeah that's fair well yeah that's fair yeah i mean it's yeah. not it's not great even with all those high caliber actors well that that's fine it, that's it, what it, makes it really it. enjoyable like if you yeah. strip it down if you strip the performances themselves out and je- like because come on let zach quinto is incredible yeah he, really i mean i love his spock it's a different spock and i love that you know what i mean um zoe saldana is a great great performer in pretty much everything she's in she has an intensity in the star trek films that is unmatched by literally anybody else in the series and um what's his name simon pegg or um chris Chris pine Pine. i couldn't yeah i almost called him chris pike uh chris pine is fine as kirk like he's a solid kirk and he's he's likable the problem is the 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 stories and the way they tell them it's not it's it's got those three films have more in common with star wars than they do star trek and they don't have very much in common with star wars yeah yeah, uh, I, I actually enjoyed the first one in the series because you know Star Trek's always dicking with timelines and changing things. 
I I enjoyed that one. I honestly Into Darkness. I I the con story. I I liked it decently well. I liked it. I liked it. I thought the acting was well done. Liked, the story was could have been better. I liked Alice Eve in that movie. That was fun. <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the the end scene for me, like the end chase scene and the back on Earth in San Francisco, was just like. Oh yeah, where they're fighting across the top of the. It was everything that I hate in a fight scene, like a a chase sequence and everything. <clears throat> yeah, it, it kind of had it. It kind of had. Well, okay. It's been a while. I'm gonna caveat this with it's been a while, and I'm going on old memories by remembering that scene. It kind of had that rough shot when Star Trek did a fight. They did this kitschy movie. This wasn't this wasn't kitschy though. This was Michael Bay, shaky cam. We're okay. So my my biggest pet peeve from Revenge of the Sith. I've talked about this before. Is the fight in the in the lava fields? I don't like it. I hate it. I hate everything about it because I just don't find it believable. It's just so over the top because, I mean, they're, they're trying to show, oh, these badass Jedis that can – Jedi, sorry – that can flip and tumble in the harshest of envi- – I'm like, no, this just – they're too – first of all, they're too close to the lava. They would burn to a crisp. I don't care if they're Jedi or not. They should be right. dead. And second of all, no. Like, it, it's – No. I just don't care. And it, like, it's so unbelievable. And the Star Trek films are guilty of us. I think every single one of them has had Simon Pegg clinging to a pole as a ship is rocking in a direction where, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Simon Pegg as portrayed <laughs> in the Star Trek films as yeah. Scotty does not have the upper body strength to hold <laughs> himself up as a ship lists to one side or the other. And I just find that stuff like, and that's my biggest problem with like one of the big, uh, the big spectacle moments in the third film was the motorcycle jump. I felt that's really out of place. Yeah. Why the fuck is there a evil Knievel sequence in a fucking yeah. Star Trek film? And Phil is like, I'm never watching these. I'm never watching any of this shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. They're just not they're They take, they're the worst. Oh man, I'm gonna say something dangerous here. No, do it. Apparently, do it. Did you watch? Did you watch uh, uh, Discovery? I did. So, did you like Discovery? I like Discovery. I'm fine with what it is That's because right. it's not taking classic Star Trek and trying to hip it up. Yeah. So I just wanted for the audience. I just wanted to put that point of it. It's not just Paul. Whatever you're about to say, it's not just going. Oh fuck him! He doesn't know Star Trek. It's no. He's liked other Star Trek. So go ahead. The Abrams and the third. The Abrams films and the third film are cultural appropriation of Star Trek. They are taking a franchise and doing every. The third one was directed by the Fast and the Furious guy. I like, come the fuck on. Oh yeah, that's right. Because when they get attacked by those little things, I was like, come on though. Like this yeah, is yeah. Like, and that's why I say that they're Michael Bayed out. Like they're sure. it's it's all explosions and high intensity action scenes, and that's not Star Trek. I agree. Star Trek Discovery has Star Trek in it. Some people are upset with the style and everything that they've been doing, but if you watch that show episode to episode, it deals with deep issues, which is Star Trek. It deals with nuance, but you know, in culture and everything else, the three new Trek films don't do that at all. They have their moments. Like, like I said, the performances in the second film into darkness, 
when they do the role reversal between Kirk and Spock with the whole radiation thing, that's a beautiful moment in film. And it's a real shame that it's nestled in the biggest steaming pile of shit possible because the rest of that film is pretty bad. Not as bad as some people make it, but like they're not unwatchable. They're just not Star Trek in the traditional sense. And I've actually fought people for saying what I just said, but (laughs) I've come back around to it because it's like, you know what changed my mind? It was the Bumblebee film. Bumblebee showed me that you can take a franchise that's gone off the rails and then still do it right. And it did. Star Trek needs a Bumblebee. I'll take that. Let's let's have the Enterprise transform. No, fuck yeah, off. Come on. Come on. Uh, we've, done, we've done saucer separation enough times already, okay? Oh, my God. You ain't kidding. Uh, yeah, that got shit. Got all. Um, but I remember when, when the third one was out. I can't even tell you what the title of it was, to be honest with you. <laughs> Star Trek Fast and the Furious was what it was. They two weeks, three weeks in theaters. They already went in pre greenlit. Uh, Simon Pegg to write the script for number four. They signed Chris Hemsworth to come back in as as uh, Daddy Kirk, George Kirk, because uh, there's going to be some kind of timeline jumping thing, and so Daddy Kirk was going to still be alive, and you'd have Hemsworth with Pine. As of see if I get a time on this. It helps if I use the right mouse. Uh, as of yesterday on comicbook.com, we've got a report from the director, well, what was going to be the director of the movie, say that everything's basically shelved indefinitely for Star Trek IV. Uh, the director was S.J. Clarkson, who is going to be directing and executive producing HBO's uh, the Game of Thrones prequel pilot and possibly show running that series if it gets picked up, which we know is going to get picked up. And uh, the so she got hired um, because she just became available. And you know how that stuff goes, right? When you're attached to a movie, you're getting paid to be locked in that movie. So now she's available. And, and so it, got, it looks like it's been shown. There's never been an official word yet, but it looked like Chris Hemsworth was going to do it. He's walked away from Star Trek Four officially. Uh, Chris Pine has officially walked away from Star Trek Four talks. Yeah. So you got to remember as well that that movie that came out, Star Trek Beyond, was not the movie that Simon Pegg wanted to write. He brought his original. Well, he no no. I this is this is true. I remember hearing this when it first came out. I believe you. He brought his script to the studio, and they said, "No, no, this is too Star Trekky. Make this more like um." like a Western, you know, make it more inclusive and, and make it more like a thrilling heist movie. Beast so then boys. he Beast had to, boys. he had to rewrite his entire script. Um, I don't, you know, I've, I've never seen one of these, but I do remember that happening because I was such a big, you know, peg fan that I still follow his career. Not that big dude. Watch. <laughs> Have you watched some of his, he still does indie work. I still yeah, find, off what I would call off brand non major blockbuster movies that have Simon Pegg. I'll watch it because it's Simon Pegg. And I found I'm thinking this is older Pegg because it's more or less an indie underground film. And it's something he made like last year. And it's phenomenal. It's great. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, although those bastards, him and uh, his buddy and Hot Fuzz and then Son of the Dead, I'd know his name when I can think of it. I can't think Nick of it. Frost. Nick Frost. Nick Frost. Him and Nick Frost fucking trolled us. And I almost put it in the, I put it in our headlines like breaking news two weeks ago. And they read the article as uh, cause it is him, Nick Frost and the writer of hot of a uh, zombie. Um, 
Edgar Wright? Yeah, uh, the, not Zombieland. Uh, the zomb- fuck, I just said it. Shaun not of Hot the Dead? Shaun of the Dead. Then they, they tease out, Shaun, hashtag Shaun of the Dead 2, greenlit, and then it exploded. And then they went, no, just kidding, we're just having a friendly lunch. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, so the love is still there. The the good work is still there. Unfortunately, I didn't know that story about Beyond and and. Oh, it's like that. That's how, that story is so common. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Edgar yeah. Wright's fucking yeah. Ant Man. We get the perfect person to do this. No, you're that franchise film you're doing is too much like the source material. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know, but that's that's the word is that uh, it is being shelved, and they, they've definitely lost Pond and Hemsworth because they both respectively wanted Hemsworth wanted you know Marvel money and 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 Pine wanted DC money essentially. Although I can be argued, you were a side character in one DC film and you died, bitch. You were not pivotal. I mean, you were okay, but that that's not like Thor, right? Am I wrong here? You're James Tiberius Kirk. Right. So you can demand money because you're Kirk. But, well, okay, this is from the report, presumably. I guess it's true. I don't know. But essentially, he had a conflict with salary because he wanted a movie that reflected his DC comic book status. I'm like, yeah, more status is Kirk in this argument. Because they could have cast, in my opinion, they could have cast just about anybody in his role in Wonder Woman. You know. I mean, Maybe was, not you, Phil, big, but... Well, it was a big enough role where he's coming back for the sequel. I mean, he, comple- yeah. he completely just... Okay, flashbacks, maybe. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think yeah, he actually destroyed the Wonder Woman movie for me. Um, but that's another topic. Yeah, I'm not a huge Chris Pine fan. I think he's all right. I think he's done good as Kurt. I mean, he did the wrinkle in time, for shit's sakes. Get that wrinkle money. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I love those books when I grew up, and I've heard that the movie's not that great. No. Yeah. No. So so nobody here is sad because Star Trek Four has been shelved. I don't even think it's gonna make news. I don't even think most people are remembering that it's supposed to be coming out. I think the most of the viewing world is gonna be like, who? Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, can we get a, a Medea goes to space movie instead? Let's do that. Yeah. I pick on those movies, but they make a fuck ton of money. Well, yeah. I've never even you watched. You pick them. on them because they're Afrocentric. We you know how you yeah, feel about you things that are Afrocentric. I fucking set you up for that shit. That's my bad. That was your bad. <sighs> Shut up. I don't like this new Paul drinking beer in the dark, <laughs> <laughs> ah! playing magic all night. I don't know who this guy is anymore. So that's it for the headlines. We can take a break as we normally do and go into some of our other discussions. Or you guys can throw out. God damn it, Phil! You need therapy, man. You need you need some goddamn medication. There is something you've the audience, dear audience. You just don't even know. Let's go to the break. Sends and does during the week, or even on video. If you're not watching the video on Patreon, it's crazy. All right, we'll be back after this. Uh, Phil, buddy, has anyone seen Phil? Okay, uh, this is Mike, uh, your your post production editor for Breaking the Panel. Uh, you don't hear from me much because post production editor, but um, 
if Phil were here, he'd talk to you about uh, Patreon, and uh, and he'd probably call you a dick, and he'd refer to this as a shit show of some kind. Um, but if you if you love the show and you love the guys, here's how you can help. Uh, go to Patreon, give us money, and we'll give you things in return. Um, ooh, merch! We we have merch, merchandise. We got uh, mugs, we got T-shirts. And there may be other things. I haven't actually gone there to look yet, but I know Charles has said the words mugs and t-shirts. So uh, it's tiny.cc slash GSTU. Or just go to Teespring and type in Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, That'll merch. Buy the merch. Oh, there's a link on our website as well. So go to the Breaking the Panel page, click on the link, go to the uh, merch website, buy the merch and we get money so any way you want to look at it give us money okay back to the show and we're back i hope you enjoyed that well thought out not last minute hastily prepared (laughs) for our patreon page thank you very much uh so this i think is this you clots about division two yeah hit us Uh, actually frank allen just hit me with this in the middle of the show and basically what is going on is that uh, the Ubisoft has announced that the Division 2 will be carried on the Epic Game Store rather than Steam, which is pretty big news. That is fairly huge. The Division did really, really well for itself. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of crazy. Um this uh, kind of further adds to the whole conversation about whether or not the Epic Game Store is going to be a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, what, what is this going to ultimately uh, lead to? Like, is this a temporary thing that's going to fail or not? And the reality is getting a big publisher outside of Epic to join forces with them, especially Ubisoft, who already has their own launcher, is a pretty big deal. I'm reading a line in this article. The sequel was previously listed on Valve Store as recently as this morning. According, and that was on uh, today. That was on yeah. today. They wrote that this article came out at noon today. So now it's not on Steam anymore. Interesting. I got yeah. a question then. What what happens to the people that pre-ordered it on Steam? Does that then just get refunded, or does Steam not charge you? Until the the game comes out, I think you would get refunded. Okay, I'd be really surprised if it was anything but that. I just didn't know if like um they held like they didn't charge you until it actually came out. Like in most places, like GameStop will take a deposit, but I've never pre-ordered on digital. Me neither. Or I don't see you pre-ordered on digital format, haven't you? Never pre-ordered. I've always just gotten it. You know. Yeah, yeah. When it was out. No, I'm sorry. That's not entirely true. I did pre-order Skyrim. When Skyrim came out. And do you remember if you had to pay it up front or if you did a deposit? Uh, I think it just took the money out. I think it, you know, it just paid for it. And then I was able to preload the game and I wasn't able to get in until the live date, you know, so like midnight that day or what? Yeah. maybe it was three yeah. in the morning. I don't remember. Um, gosh, you're, you're probably our leading gaming guy here, especially in the digital market. What do you think about this, man? Is this going to really boost up the Epic Store? It's really surprising news. Uh, it Potentially, yeah. Um, the, well, so the first Division game was kind of plagued with an honestly kind of horrible situation of just being, you know, really awkward 
in that it uh, the initial release was kind of flawed and people were really kind of disgruntled with it initially. And so the, th- the real question is, will this second game succeed? The, right. the early trailer that they showed for it looks amazing, but who knows, you know? They did really improve the first game after the fact, but it took them a while. The division is the one that as you level up, your character visibly changes and the cars visibly change and stuff, right? Well, the division was the one that was set in New York City in a post-apocalyptic situation. Same thing. Yeah. And so one of the big things about the division was that... Now it's in the Xbox days, right? Not even 360, maybe 360 days? No, it it was... it's like three years ago. Yeah, it was two, Xbox One. I, I'm thinking of something different. I'm thinking of something different. Yeah, Sorry. no, yeah, I don't know what you're. Sorry. <laughs> no, there was a there was a game came out that my my son and I played. I played it before. I had it on 360. And I think I got it for free on Xbox One. But it was uh, kind of a it was a different, almost comic booky Metropolis area. Um, and as you got XP and leveled up, your character physically got bigger and bulkier and tougher depending on the path you took and the cars you got started off at like a jump car and then would just power up as you leveled them up visually and, and that kind of thing but i think i'm thinking of a obviously i'm thinking crack of a, town crackdown that's what sorry that's what, the i mean, the division did well for itself but obviously i had the wrong game in my mind yeah you're super helpful in that regard <laughs> crackdown <laughs> all right so the division where you chomp pellets and eat ghosts right yeah <laughs> no <laughs> not right you are not correct sir <laughs> oh man what am i gonna do with you uh yeah no so basically uh we'll see how this all pans out this is really interesting news though it kind of came out of nowhere and yeah we'll see we'll see what comes of it i will say this I mentioned this uh, in the past. They gave uh, Epic Games gave us Subnautica for free, and that game is incredible. And I've had no problems with the service playing it or anything. Not that I would expect to, because it's a single player game and everything. Um, I think that probably earned a lot of goodwill from the casual audience who isn't super worried about, you know, some of the other factors that kind of contribute to the whole Epic Games thing. But they also just gave out Super Meat Boy too, as well. So like, it's a big deal. Like, I think I think this could shake things up a lot. And I think the long term ramifications for the industry is that competition is always good for the consumer, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this could force Valve to be more competitive potentially. Not to say that Valve's pricing or anything has been bad, but this might force them to be more competitive on the back end for developers, which would be fantastic for developers. Uh, it's it's exciting times. Um, it's it's a really kind of out of nowhere perplexing move, but I, I will say this though too, because I just kind of like realized this. I'm a little concerned that this might be related to the fact that Ubisoft might be having some financial problems. I was going to make the joke, and a week after this game comes out, they're going to discount it eighty percent. Well, I don't, I don't know for certain that they are having financial issues, but I have noticed in my Switch buying that every game I've bought on a deep discount lately has been an Ubisoft game. Yep. Yep. 
Starlink got discounted deep into the ground. Mario plus rabbits got discounted deep. The big and, one, the golden edition with all the yeah. yeah. And I just picked up, I'm going to talk about it later. I picked up Rayman Legends and that got discounted as well. And that's all recent in the last couple of weeks. I just Those picked are, up uh, Wheel of Fortune. My wife and I love playing that game. It was it's $20 normally. We got it for 12 is it a Ubisoft? Yeah, title? yeah, that, yeah. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna be uh, like, I, 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 I only know that. I only know that because as it booted up, Ubisoft came up, and I remember you saying all the Ubisoft games are getting discounted, and sure enough, was like, huh. So it does it does make me wonder if there's some weird stuff going on? You know what I mean? So now I got an honest to god question for you, because when it comes to game companies and pronunciations of things, there's not like a, a guide out there. I always pronounce it Ubisoft. Don't know why, I just did. And then you pronounce it Ubisoft. What how do you how are you supposed to let's Google it. All right, let's do that. How to pronounce Ubisoft is a French company. So it's Ubisoft. It is with Windowsoft. Oh sorry. Um that was bad. Uh somebody out there laughed though. I bet you Mrs. Allen is laughing her ass off right now. She doesn't still listen. So, uh, but so while you're looking that up, this store, the Epic store will be the exclusive PC home for the final chapter of the walking dead game. Yeah. But that's also on, um, that's also on steam. So it says exclusive PC home. Uh, it's, it's not Charles. Yes. You may be correct. It is apparently Ubisoft. Is it? I just kind of made that up when I was young and it, first came around and noticed it so i don't know so okay no but that article's wrong um oh no 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 actually sorry uh for the record company president eve guillemot says the official pronunciation is ubisoft ah there you go Klotz. well you know that whoever makes whatever it is is not always right that is true uh, because cho- yeah choosy moms need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> fucking choosy moms um, I was well, always right on that. You guys can suck it. No, you're wrong. We're not getting back into this. Yes. Uh, We're but, saving that for when Chris comes back. First episode, we're discussing. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make him feel like he never left. Hard pass. Uh, Anytime Steam doesn't get a game, it's big news. Yes. Um, but I, I'm going to agree with you, Paul. I mean, this is a little bit surprising. I'm looking at Ubisoft's you know stock prices over the last four years and they're they're not they're not making like they're not down really i mean they're down a little bit from three months ago but it makes me wonder if they're getting ready to sell to a bigger studio oh yeah and maybe getting bought out by epic so epic can then expand its its arm out you know picking up all these little studios that ubisoft has all around the world and let's be honest. And that gives them an instantly doubly huge library to be exclusive. Well, yes, but also, um, you know, Ubisoft really has Assassin's Creed. I know they have Far Cry. And I know they have Tom Clancy. But Assassin's Creed is really their moneymaker that comes out every couple of years. Well, so here's the thing. This is just me spitballing here. Uh, we're not, I'm going to caveat this. We're not talking politics here. We're talking economics. We are currently in the midst of a major market correction on stock value, among other things. Uh, 
also the whole tariff and trade quote-unquote war thing that's going on here in the u.s right right. has impacted financial markets across the world and it's not inconsequential so a lot of companies like for example uh ea activision or sorry not ea activision activision blizzard you know we talked about two weeks ago how they approached the beginning of 2018 where they had somebody come over from activision who was formerly a cfo come in and say hey we're going to look to cut costs in every department that we can and you know and i I really do think that that speaks maybe less to some kind of money grubbing thing going on inside these companies i think the smart tech companies right now realize that there is a major shock coming we might be facing another bubble bursting in a lot of markets and submarkets, so it's and gaming is could potentially be one of them. Maybe not so much in that you won't get any revenue. Like we're not facing like what we saw in the seventies, right? With the you know the Atari blowout and everything, right? That'll never happen. Gaming is too big now. But AAA gaming is starting to hit a precipice. You know, more and more AAA titles that. 10 years ago would have been a smash success. Like if you, if you just explained what the game was going to do to people, they would have, you know what I mean? It would have been a a bestseller immediately. Uh, But these companies have kind of struggled to innovate in meaningful ways, in ways that please the public. And they've struggled to keep the consumers faith in them as companies. So I think that there's a bubble that's going to burst soon. And that's going to mean any of these AAA publishers that has been, kind of lacks in keeping their costs under control or have been overconfident in some of their product lines and what they could generate in revenue are going to get hurt hard. And if, if the economy as a whole takes a downturn, like we saw in 2008, which some economists, as a matter of fact, many economists are predicting that we're facing another potential uh, recessionary period, people are going to start tightening their belts just like they did in 2008 to 2000, late 2009. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's going to mean now in some ways, here's the crazy part. In some ways we see uh, entertainment purchases skyrocket in those time periods because, you know, like people of our generation now, like people in their forties and thirties and stuff, people who have families have cars and houses and stuff. They stop buying new cars. They stop buying new houses. So the big purchases go away and they start just sitting on their savings and just kind of grinding it out. But when you can't make the big life moving, you know, purchases, you can't make those major shifts in your life. What are you going to do to fill the void? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. You're going to buy stuff that keeps you and your family entertained. So it could be, it could be a huge windfall for gaming. If we do hit a period like that, where times get tough in the housing market again, in the, in the auto market, so on and so forth, we might see increased spending. But it is such a competitive market now in free-to-play. I mean, again, yeah. if, you, if you told us 10 years ago that free-to-play would become, like that a game like Fortnite would become the most successful game in the world 10 times over, overnight, essentially. Like Fortnite is not just the most successful game of last year they are the most successful game period in like a decade like the amount of money they generated last year puts everything else to shame even your biggest you know your eas and your blizzard and all your biggest names those top titles at their height puts them to shame they literally printed money so i do think that where there's some potential economic shifting that's going to happen in the near future it's going to affect these companies it's going to affect their behavior uh and so with that in mind when you look at what epic is offering on the back end you know 
compared to Valve, Valve takes a flat 30%, but it gets better if you're a huge AAA publisher. But I'm sure it doesn't get down to the percentage that Epic is taking. Which is 12% according to this article. Right. That's an insanely low amount. And not to mention, if you're using Unreal Engine, your licensing is part of that 12%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just eat that. They're happy to. Uh, That's such a fucking amazing thing. Like, I know I kind of went off about it the last time, but, like, if you're a company developing a game on the Unreal Engine right now, you'd be crazy not to be on the Epic Store because you're going to make so much more money off every unit you sell on the Epic Store. And if Valve tries to put you in a situation where you have to pick and choose, that's a really sketchy spot to be in, but I would almost lean towards going with Epic. Yeah. Uh, and, And what I wanted to add to that was the distraction factor. It doesn't matter necessarily how great your game is, is you might get the money for it, but we have this distraction factor of, I've got five different game systems in my house, essentially. I've got the Xbox One in the basement for my son. I've got the PS4. I've now got a Switch. I've got my Mac that we use on Sunday nights to play Borderlands on Steam. And I've got my phone with all the games on it, right? And so you've got all those distractions going on. Now both Xbox and PlayStation have subscription game services that basically say, I'm bored with this game. I'll jump to the next one because you just jump to jump to jump to jump the game, right? Um, I mean, my own, just upstairs where I normally game, I have my PlayStation Switch and my phone, and I have to make that decision. I've got 60 minutes to spend in a game, and that that small decision affects the big decision of where I'm going to spend my money or not yeah. spend my money. You know, that, and that's the thing. These, uh, Ubisoft has always kind of been a secondary company to me. They're like, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles compared to the Patriots, maybe. Oh, so they're Super Bowl champions? <laughs> I said to how call, many the, times? Patriots, call how, the Patriots boy, Phil's an Eagles boy. How many times? I'm sorry. You guys won in the last five years? I threw that. Threw that in. Anyway. So, so can you speak up so we, the people in the back can hear you? <laughs> <laughs> um but no, and uh, all, all seriousness, uh, well, I didn't realize they did Assassin's Creed. Uh, that is, to me, that's one of their only, like you said, well, not only, but that's their game that keeps them alive. Because I, I like Rayman, but it, it's not enough for me to drop 60 bucks on it for any reason. Um, they made this Mario and Rabbids game. It's kind of a subpar Mario game, but it's a very excellent Rabbids game. You know, and we'll talk about that later, too. Uh that I think the new future is coming along with, like you said, the economy of the world and how everything is shifting and we're having to market corrections. And, but with entertainment, with that, what you just said, with the free to play, with all this other stuff going on, it, it, the get, there's always an expansion and a contraction. I mean, I don't want to get the depth of it because I don't want to understand the full depth of it. But even the universe, the, the, the people who study, I don't want to say the wrong scientist name, type of name but the people who said the universe said the universe expands and contracts so your body you want to take it simple that's how you stay alive your heart literally expands and contracts your lungs expand and contract that's how life works so the fact that we've gotten to a bunch of big triple a game developers and slowly but surely they've been merging and and coming out competition is great oversaturation is bad and i think we're kind of coming to that full correction of where do we land? Uh, and speaking of corrections, I know we're going to talk about this more, but I want to throw out the line actually says, Phil, uh, it'll be the exclusive PC home starting January 15th when they release a third episode of the final season. So um, I'm assuming that if you bought the season pass on Steam, you probably will still get the games. 
But if you didn't buy the season pass, the only way to get it is through Epic now. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I just say no because I have it pulled up in front of me. So we'll find. You know what? We'll next week we'll be able to talk about it. It'll be after the fifteenth. We'll be able to <laughs> check it. No, that's a huge deal. Um, I just want to. Oh no! You know what? No, I'm fucked up. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. You're right. You're right. I don't. I said this before. I don't know how to read. <laughs> you did say that before, didn't you? Yep. Um, I don't think this is a bad thing, though, Paul. If if there is a constriction, if Epic is actually teeing up to buy Ubisoft, you know, and they're just kind of clearing their books a little bit and, and tightening things up to be more purchasable, they could be, but it could just be tightening the belt. Yeah, which needs to be done because everybody it's just nature to as you make money to spend money and that's not how the rich stay rich and that's not how good businesses stay in business also, also keep in mind uh ubisoft is a canadian company french. i thought it was french what's french the french canadian one? they're canadian and they're a french uh, gaming company that never mind. i don't fucking know who cares i make shit up and then think it's truth i mean their headquarters is in france it's a french video game company i thought it was canadian I'm now fact-checking myself live you know, on air. You know, if I'm right again, then you know, it's going to be two on both of you tonight. You are right. And you let drunken uncle yeah. rock god be right. It's because I'm sober. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, you're right. It's it, They're based in France. Well, what I was going to say, though, is uh, keep in mind that, uh, you know, there's some kind of unsure future with our trading relationship with Canada and some other nations. Well, uh, everybody really, let's be honest. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, they could be part of the logic could be let's clear out existing products as quickly as we can, you know, get rid of this, this overstock that we have with various, you know, companies, various retailers. Yeah. And we'll just move forward with what, you know, with our future products and we'll be a little more careful um, that way they just don't get slammed. And there's something to be said about retiring games. I mean, I don't know that anybody's ever done it, but the Disney model, which is kind of bullshit, but the, the, all oh, the video is going to be gone. Everybody buy it now before we put it in the vault. And then five, eight, 10 years later, the ultimate math remastered edition comes out, which I know, uh, some games collections have come out. I know you just bought the Rayman collection, right? You're gonna talk about that in a minute. Uh, but, uh, not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing, but when PlayStation, puts out its own game, and then it hits a certain platinum, I think. It comes out as PlayStation Platinum, and it's, it's half the price, or it's 20 bucks or whatever. But there's something to be said about, hey, let's make it go away for us. All sold out, has gone. Sucks for you guys, sorry. Maybe digital copies only. And then re-release a collections edition or a anniversary edition or something, and then you generate new income, and it's a limited run. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen with these, but... I don't think it's going to happen with any game, really. I don't think it's going to get retired. I don't I, because well, yeah. So, so what's noteworthy about the these price discounts on these games that I'm talking that I talked about and we talked about just now? These are Switch games, which generally, are fairly new. Generally speaking, Switch games don't get discounted like ever. Well, digital download, sure. Uh, digital download seems to every once in a while a lot of unless they just came out or they're a big triple a title that's just not you know like a like your breath of the wild or whatever they have very little interest in discounting that at the moment we talked about that last week but for your third party who supported early adoption of the switch and ported some of their games or developed some games for it you're seeing them kind of rotate through discounts so it's noteworthy like it's it's kind of a big deal 
And until you pointed out, I wasn't drawing the line between you know, between all the different games that were getting discounted. But it is all Ubisoft games. A know? lot, yeah. Um, two of the three games I currently own on the Switch are Ubisoft, and that's because they were deeply discounted. And they were, well, well I, I, Wheel of Fortune is a piece of shit. It really is. It's just about guessing the letters. There's no even Pat, say Jack, and Vanna White. I mean, as soon as that game came, I'm like, where's fucking Vanna White? What the fuck, man? I mean, it's so generic. It's such a, it looks like, my son could have made it on, as a project at school, but it still has the same core gameplay. Because that notwithstanding, so far, the Rabbids and Mario Kingdom Battle has been actually really damn good. A little oversimplified. I'm hoping it's going to get harder. We'll talk about that. But yeah, it's... it's How much have you played? I'm in World 1-4, Oh, yeah, no. Gets- I played in like an hour. I expect I haven't played enough that's going to ramp up. Yeah. Because I want, I want that. I mean, you compare yourself to XCOM, I want that goddamn XCOM level fucking throw my controller at the screen difficulty sometimes. Oh, it's coming. Um, yeah, good. So am I. Uh, Phil, you want to talk about second dinner, which is oh, a Taco Bell thing. Yeah, no, that's fourth meal, you jackass. Brought to you by Taco Bell. Go to the drive-thru before 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. because they're no longer open all night. And then drink some bleach and have a good night. <laughs> so, Second Dinner is a new game development uh, company. They, they develop video games. Uh, they are more commonly known to you plebs as Team 5 from Blizzard. Uh, these are the, the guys who created Hearthstone. Um, and then this year, one by one, Team 5 kind of left. And, uh, you know, the big faces from Blizzard Hearthstone, uh, like Ben Brode, uh, they all came together and started their own uh, game development company called uh, Second Dinner. But the, the reason that they made a big splash, not only is because they all left, but this week they announced that they have accepted a 30 million dollar uh investment from netease a uh, so that'll get them halfway through one game a, well it's it's a company from uh, from china to make a marvel game so um it, it's going to be nice to finally have a marvel mobile game to play um because the choices out there are very slim I jest, yeah. but what people are thinking is, okay, well, these are the these are the guys that made Hearthstone. Are we going to get a Marvel card game that's going to be, uh, you know, something a little bit different from your your uh, your beat 'em ups and, and your team based turn based games out there? Probably not, because why would you want to compete with Hearthstone? But well, I mean, Marvel, and you can. Well, yeah, you could. So I will say this: I I I wouldn't say I hate card games. It's just a zero radar. Just don't get them, don't care. I played Hearthstone for a good six months before I just ran out of time and, and didn't want to keep track and memorize all the different. And that's the thing. I don't want to memorize all the different decks and shit. But it was really good is my point. I mean, it's Paul has used me as, as uh, that kind of reference for botched. Is I don't do D&D, but I love botched. So that gives you an idea of how it reaches the general masses. So I think if they were to do a Marvel Hearthstone, a Marthstone, if you will, did it fly just like attack you? Yeah, stink bug. Oh, that sucks, man. Um, Fucking asshole. I shouldn't have interrupted the show, but it was like blade, like right there between his eyes and shit, and he flinched, and it's horrible looking. Um, but yeah, if they made My a face, fuck you. <laughs> Not what I meant, but I'll take that. Yeah, Joe was like, man, that that nasty ass big old gray snake. 
Stegma really improved that fucker. God damn. So you don't want to. Are you saying you don't want a Marvel card game or you just don't think they're going to do it? I, I personally don't think that they're going to go that angle. Um, you know, they've already proven to themselves in the world that they have the ability to make a successful TCG that's not um, it's not magic. I, I kind of see them going in a different direction, especially because the lead developer, Ben Brode, kind of has an obsession with Clash of Clans. So oh. could they go that direction? I, I, I don't know. Nobody really oh. knows. You know. The funny thing, though, is the funniest thing about this is that um, NetEase, the, the, the company in China that gave them the $30 million, um, is also the company that's making Diablo Immortals. So <laughs> uh, the, the Blizzard Diablo cell phone game is is being well, developed by by the same people that have given team five aka sad second dinner uh, a shot at a new kind of mobile game net ease is one of the big players in china right now sure so they've got their hands in a lot of pots at the moment uh they noteworthy that they run all of uh, blizzard's games in china yep uh which is part of why you know what you just said was going to be a thing um so here, here's another breakdown of what's going on in the industry for those who might have a more casual interest. There are a lot of Chinese companies that have a lot of fucking money. I mean, mountains of it. And they are buying up Western properties. They are buying up development, you know, video game development companies. They're buying up entertainment companies. They're investing in production houses for movies and TV shows. Chinese money in your entertainment is the new thing it has been for a couple of years now but it is about to be much more prominent and much much bigger of a deal so it's not surprising at all to see them investing in an up-and-coming company that is founded by people who have proven that they know what they're doing um hearthstone has its issues and has had its issues and had its issues when ben and company were there. I still firmly believe a lot of the issues that they ran into back then were because Blizzard was like, no, fuck that. We're not doing that to common community feedback. Um, like people have complained that it took three years to get more deck slots and stuff like that. And I'm like, you don't need them. And they're like, yes, we fucking do give them, give them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's always the wrong answer. When somebody says, I want something to say, you don't need it is dumb to say, Hey, pay for it is smart. It's like, literally the worst thing you can say to the community is like you don't need that yeah when they ask for it yeah uh, well at least we know that um whatever second breakfast ends up putting out it's going to be hopefully well polished and uh the art will be a little bit elevated from the other marvel games that are out there so another really interesting thing that NetEase is doing though is they just partnered with marvel comics to make a comic based on a chinese superhero interesting that'd be cool so perhaps this new property this happened in 2017 perhaps this new property could have something to do with that maybe they're trying to bridge the marvel you know the chinese audience and the marvel audience and because we know that the marvel movies part of why they have done so well in the last couple years has been the chinese market yeah they've just made a fuckload of money off of it so yeah it's a big deal you and, and Phil, you said, or I can't remember which one you said. One you said, uh, you know, there's a, a limit to ch Marvel choices out there. But there kind of is. There kind of is because I. My understanding is that right. they're the only good Marvel game out there these days. You have to like join a Facebook group and download this like weird 
APK. No. <laughs> Uh, Look, I mean, you Saviors have of the Hearthstone. I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. you have Saviors of the Shitstorm. Conquest. <laughs> uh, oh Jesus! What? Oh. Contest. You sleep. Contest of Champions. Future Fight. Strike Force. Puzzle Quest. I mean, uh, Marvel Pinball. Then That's you know, hit. Well, Marvel Pinball is a pay-to-play game. But but uh, I'm saying like Marvel has. A thousand, yeah. but they hit different markets, right? But, but but it's just another Marvel game that's hitting. How, how many of those have you played? All of them. Okay. How many do I still play? Well, yeah. you should play zero of them. But <laughs> you're dumb. You still you forgot the high school game. You didn't list off the high. No, school. I didn't get there. Um, but oh uh, well, yeah, that it's... game just got canceled. So did it? Oh shit! Yeah, Avengers Academy just closed down. Rips. And so did the uh, and the Spider-Man Endless Runner. I didn't all... even know that was a thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a thing for a couple of years. Everybody had an Endless Runner, man. The second, the first one did okay. Was what Temple Run? Everybody had one. I'm still waiting for uh, Temple Run three. It's up <laughs> there with my Half Life three and all my other number three games. Uh, yeah, so each of those is different now. There's a trend that I'm seeing where you get tricked into playing games. You know, I play games that show tons of ads and whatnot, ad-supported games. And, of course, ads sometimes look phenomenal, right? And I'm really looking at these ones that show all these battles. And it shows the soldiers on the side of the field. And it can be small pixels. It doesn't matter. It's not about graphics. Y'all are already memeing yourselves. Shut up. No. And so and, and I, lo- I love the strategy of, of putting out the right soldiers in this net. So I'll download the game. And it's not a strategy fighting war game, which I wanted. It's a Farmville that has some battle in it. It's like, but no, first you got to go build the goddamn massive city. And you got to check everything and get everything. And then you build this. I don't want that shit. So if Marvel's going to, if they're going to do a Clash of Clans type game, just give me the fighting. Don't make me build a fucking farmhouse for food and build people to go cut down trees and mine gold. Fuck you. I had enough of that shit with uh, Rise of the Titans and Age of Mythology and Civilization and all that jazz growing up. I don't need it now. I want to bash some faces. That's what I want to do. I've never played uh, a Clash of Clans S game. So I hear I played probably- it when it first came out. I honestly yeah. don't remember what all you got to do with it. But you had to build your city. I remember that. And you went and destroyed other people's cities. Just give me the, 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 the uh, Ultimate Alliance, right? We're talking about three coming out fairly soon. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing where I get to be the hero and I get to go fight the bad guys. That's what we want. And please don't do another multiverse crashing in together. And now you, oh, fuck you fucking know it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it since uh, MAA. Cause it's Everybody the easy way to explain how you get it's why is spider-man focused on the multiverse right now because it's the because when they did it as clones they fucked it up sorry uh still still i'm I'm still i still cry myself to sleep in the shower once in a while to that (laughs) but uh yeah no i mean it's it's the easiest way to tell a story where you can have any of the characters be bad guys and also be good guys you can you know what i mean like that's it's the easiest way to do it. It's kind of a cop-out thematically, but it works. It also, it's one of the only ways you can explain why each player 
has their Hulk and their Wolverine and their, you know what I mean? And their, their different power level to other people's and all that kind of stuff. But do you really have to explain that when it's PVP? So we know we're going in to punch other players who have the same stuff. Right. But that doesn't make any sense. If like, my Hulk and your Hulk are fighting each other. If your universe doesn't have an explanation for that at the core of the game, what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, what? People this are th- playing these games for story? Sometimes, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, no. The only story I ever read in... What well, you don't read and you don't I watch movies. I can't read. <laughs> uh, what was the game we played? Strike Force. The only storylines I read in Strike Force that I actually gave a shit about were the Deadpool storylines when deadpool first hit everything else i said yep fuck fuck this let me just punch things yeah uh i played can't remember if it was ultimate alliance one or two whichever one was on the first xbox i played that one and well, i loved it they were both on 360 fuck well i played one of them on 360 then and i loved it you know it was it was i don't remember the story i just remember building my team going out and punching shit you know uh maybe that's what we need you remember that whack-a-mole game that all we need is marvel whack-a-mole on the phone so we're just constantly just punching the bad guys no. fingers. that's Stop what we need. It. get that's- some help <laughs> no with with uh one dollar doesn't get you jack shit you gotta spend fifty dollars for one gold coin in that game to play the game that's how that economy works I think that honestly, I kind of think that's what breaks most games for you, Klotz, is the economy inside the game. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, okay. We've got time. We're running a bit short this episode, anyways. So I was just talking about this last night with somebody. Because I basically cut my teeth in playing games on stuff like MMOs and also playing like in paper, like competitive magic, you learn to be efficient, right? in what you're doing. So if it's an MMO or something, you learn what is going to make me the most money, the fastest, what is going to get me the most experience, what it, you know what I mean? And in magic, it's like what cards there, there's, there's an aspect in the game itself of like, what is good and why, and the, the economy of actions and card, you know, advantage and all that kind of stuff. And then in the real life side of it, the cost of the cards themselves and what's the most economical, when you look at it, everything is about economies, right? Every game is ultimately about an economy to a certain point. Everything you do in life is about economy, whether like the economy of time, you know, Everybody talks about their experience in gaming itself. When you're a kid, you have all the time in the world. You have almost no responsibility. You have no disposable income. And then as you become an adult and you go to college or go on to the workforce, you suddenly have less time but less responsibility than you would in a few years. And you get it. You know what I mean? There's this opportunity. It's this weird puzzle in common. Yeah. Right. And then you get to the point where, you know, like you and Phil are at, for example, where you're, you have families, you have children, you have responsibilities and you have careers. And I mean, I'm, I'm excluded because I just didn't bother with any of that. Go to sleep. You dumb fuck. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Hey, but like, you know what I mean? So, for for you guys, time is one of your chief, you know chief economic yeah. concerns. What yeah. do you? The reason Phil doesn't not read stuff or watch movies or whatever because he doesn't want to. He doesn't have the time to do it all, and so he has to pick and choose. You know what I mean? And similarly, so do you, Charles. Yeah. So when I sit down at a game like 
Marvel um, strobe okay. lights. <laughs> Marvel whack-a-mole. Yeah. Uh, and I see glaring issues with like what I get for the time I'm putting into the game, what I get for X amount of effort as compared to other games in the space, other games I might play on my phone, for example, or just in general, yeah, the the glaring issues are going to jump out at me. You know what I mean? It's something I'm going to notice right away. And if that can't be reconciled in a reasonable time in the development cycle, I'm going to walk. And that's ultimately why I don't play Marvel Strobe Light anymore. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's just because it didn't, the rest of what was there didn't scratch my itches enough to get me to stay. And I'm not saying that it can't because I've definitely wasted my time playing games before that were grindy and demanded a lot of my time for minimal, you know, incremental growth, but I loved it so much. It was worth it. And, you know, as you were saying earlier, there's so many options these days, there's so much out there and not everything's going to be worth your time. Not everything's going to be worth top dollar. So yeah, I mean, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so much we can say about that. It would just go down another a big rabbit hole, but uh, the flip side of that is we live in a goddamn golden age of gaming where we can fucking play just about anywhere we want, whatever we want. That's pretty goddamn awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Especially if you have a Switch. Yeah. Kotz, you keep teasing that you got some games. Why don't you talk about the games that you've been playing this week? Well, I finally got Octopath Traveler. Uh... <laughs> yeah, only, only assholes get Octopath Traveler. Uh... You got Octopath Traveler. Did you, did you did you start playing Octopath Traveler? I played it a little bit. Can I ask who you start, you picked? I picked the hunter. Yeah. Well, okay. So l- let me let me rewind a little bit. I picked up Octopath. I okay. Before I even got a Switch, I was like, I I knew I was going to get a Switch at the end of last year, and I'm like, when I get my Switch, I want Octopath Traveler. And day one, when I had my Switch, I was like, Pokemon, let's go. Let's go home. And I played it for a day, and I was like, fuck this. And I regret I've, I've literally agonized over that decision almost every day since I bought it. Because it's, it's not that it's necessarily a bad game. It's just, how many fucking times can I play red, blue, or yellow? Like, <laughs> like uh, how many fucking times can you sell me the same goddamn game? It's Nintendo. Uh, that's all they do I, is sell I, you. I, <laughs> However, I can't wait. I told somebody at the bar last night. I can't wait to buy Ocarina of Time for a fifth time in my life on oh a new console. You're not wrong. So the big thing, uh, Charles, you mentioned it in the pre-show. There is a website. If you own a Switch and you want to save money, if you want to get the most out of your discretionary income to spend on Switch games, go to decodeals.com, D-E-K-U-D-E-A-L-S.com. It's a third-party site run by some random guy. I don't know who he is, but he did an awesome job. And what it lets you do is you, you can sign up, you log in, and you go through and you pick all the games you want to watch. And it includes physical games and digital-only games. And DLC, too. Right. And you go through, you click on them all, you search them all out, and you click email me when a price drops. And what happens is magically your mailbox fills up with notifications that X games have gone on sale. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times it's like you're 10%, 15% off on the eShop or whatever, and that's fine. It's not a big deal. However... 
I got an email that had a fuckload of games in it. Like not, it wasn't just the games that I was following. It was like, Hey, there's a whole bunch of sales on and I'm scrolling through it and I see Octopath Traveler and I'm like, go on. <laughs> so I click on it and it is $42.99 at, or 40. It was either forty one ninety nine or forty two ninety nine at target physical only or well for the physical cart. And I was like, yes, I'm there. Uh, one of the things, one of the things I've dedicated myself to doing on the switch is buying as many physical carts as possible for two reasons. The first being I absolutely, well, three reasons. One, I love collecting the things that I love. I, I collecting is such a big part of who I am. It's a horribly addicting part of who I am, but I like collecting things. And I think one of the beautiful things about Nintendo as a product line over its whole history is that they are some of the coolest things in gaming to have collected and held on to. And people who have like, you know, their NES and SNES and, you know, 360 or not 360, I'm sorry, N64, GameCube collections, all that stuff. It means something. It's always going to be worth something. It might not always be worth the same amount. Sometimes it grows, sometimes it shrinks. But it, it means something to a lot of people, including the people who own it. And I value that. So I was like, I want to buy a physical when I can. The other reason, big reason, is because Nintendo has a history of dropping support for its old eShops. The Switch is the hotness in the new system right now, but in five or six years, it might not be anymore. In 10 years, it almost certainly is not going to be the current console anymore. And they are almost certainly going to be starting to think, hey, maybe it's time to close the eShop for the Switch. Maybe it'll take a little longer. Maybe it'll be a little shorter. Who knows? Uh, so I want as many of my games as possible to be bought on cart so that I can play them forever. I think the Switch is an awesome console. I'm really blown away. It's the first Nintendo console that I've personally owned in a long time, and I want to invest in it and have physical investment in it. The third reason why you should buy carts is that the normal size of a file to download is out of control, and the internal memory on the Switch is dog shit. Yes, that is also a factor. So basically, yeah, I, I want to own the things. Uh, I like to have them on display in my in my house. I like to, you know what I mean? I'd like to have future proof against the eShop closing down. Now, I have digital games. I've bought eShop games. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with buying stuff that is only available digitally. It's cool. Now, would I'd you, sorry, would you, like with the Blu-ray, you can buy the Blu-ray with the, the, the digital code for a little bit extra, would you do that with a game? You buy the hard copy of the game, but if you got the digital code, you'd pay ten, fifteen dollars more. I don't know that I'd pay extra for it, but I would buy it if it had that. I have bought things I would that love came that with it. I love the future proofing of carts, but at the same time I love having the digital copy just there so I can just key it up and let's go. Yeah, I as a matter of fact, I almost wish that uh when you claim a cart on your switch to get reward shop points, which is uh -huh. a a pittance. It's kind of insulting, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, I talked about it before too, but it's like basically for a normal game, it's 60 cents. You get 60 cents in points for a $60 game. Um, unless you buy it digitally. Yes, unless you buy it digitally, then you get a mountain of points. Yeah. Uh, but the, the whole thing is like when you do that, I wish it would just allow you to download the game forever from that point. 
Agreed. Yeah. Um, because you obviously you have a physical copy and you're saving it to your account. I'm fairly certain it sh- there's a serial number involved with your software that it's checking. I don't think that we can just sit with three switches and swap all of our games that are less than a year old and get credit for all of us. I'm pretty sure that doesn't work that way. So I think you should be able to just download the game at a later point. I think you should be able to play it without the cart, but the fact that you can't is not a huge deal to me. Um, so much so that I've been wanting to get Celeste for a while and limited run games had a, I, I noticed that limited run games had a physical copy coming out. The, the pre-order actually started at the beginning of the month. It runs all through January at the end of the month. It is done. And so what limited run does is that they, they take all their pre-orders and they round up to the next thousand and they order that many carts of the game in question from Nintendo because they have to order the carts to be made specifically by Nintendo. And so basically it's like if, if they get 6,032 pre-orders, they order 7,000 carts, they fill those pre-orders, and then whatever's left over is all they have forever. And that's it. They never go back to it. Um, they are doing a physical copy of Celeste, which last year was many people's game of the year, beating out AAA titles. It's absolutely one of the best games on the Switch, period. But it's multi-platform, so it's one of the best games of the year. Definitely probably the best platformer. I am, it's normally $20 for digital download. I am going to be paying almost $40 for it to order a physical cart for it. But I'm doing it because one, I want to support the developer. I also want to support Limited Run because I think what they do is really cool. They, they make physical copies for things that would never get it any other way. There's another company called Super Rare that does the same thing. And I want to have it. I want to have it forever. You know what I mean? A game that monumental, it's, it's important to me. So every once in a while, I don't go with a cheap deal. Sure. And now that I've talked forever about those two things, I also picked up Rayman Legends. I only played the first level. It's really dope. I watched a review on it before I bought it for sure. Uh, the review was like, the level design is beautiful. The music is great. Everything's really cool. And I did see that so far in what I've played. I only paid 20 bucks for it. It's normally like 30. It's 20 at Best Buy. If you hear this and it's still on sale, go get it. And it's the definitive edition for Rayman, which is really dope because it has basically all the DLC and all the different versions of all the prior versions that were released on Xbox and PlayStation, as well as Switch exclusive content. And it has all the skins for Rayman from all of those offerings as well. So you can even get the Xbox and uh, PlayStation skin, which is really abnormal. Most games don't do that. Uh, Yeah. And so I picked that up and I'll probably have more to talk about that next week because I am going away for the weekend to go visit my sister in Buffalo. And so I'm taking my Switch and my friend Jim's going with me and he's bringing his Switch. So we'll probably play a bunch of Switch. And I'll probably have a lot more to talk about next week. Nice. I think I got that Rayman game on my PlayStation for free one month. Yep. It was a free monthly one last year. Does anybody, any of you guys have, um, do you have Xbox One? No. Yes. Celeste is a free game right now on Xbox One. Yes, it is. I'm holding myself. Download it. I'm holding out until I get my Switch copy. That's fair. That's fair. But for those of you who just have the Xbox One or that's an option, if you want to try out this game, I haven't tried it yet, but I did tell my son, go ahead and download it so it's in the library. So if I want to go play it, I can go get on the Xbox and play it. Uh, it's free until the middle of the month. So you know, do that. That's always good. I really shit the bed with this limited run. Um, so what limited run also does is they do soundtracks on vinyl for each game that they press. <sighs> and... 
I'm a vinyl collector, and from what I've been told from everybody is that the Celeste soundtrack is incredible. It is what makes this game even better than it should be. And I said, you know what? Um, money's a little tight. I'm just going to get the game now. Um, this was nine days ago, and the soundtrack on vinyl is sold out. Oh. Bum, bum, so I'll probably have to pay double if not triple on aftermarket to to somehow procure that because ah man it's on a pretty pretty sky blue vinyl and everything so um yeah always go back because they have things popping up now that i'm looking into limited run and if you have an indie game that you enjoy on switch and want a physical copy this is the way that you are going to get it in the only way like they did Uh, golf story golf story was my favorite game that come out of the indie shop 2017 and they were talking about doing this hard copy for it and i waited and waited and waited and it never came out unbeknownst to me that it was a limited run website so it was 30 bucks when it came out now i can go to amazon and buy it for 50 so uh there's also um they don't just do switch by the way yes they also do playstation 4 and vita so yeah uh they are yeah they're one of the few sources of new vita games um i originally found out about limited run from watching metal jesus rocks on youtube if you're into retro games metal jesus is a really dope content creator i've learned so much from him and his channel and what's cool about him is he's a little bit like us here at the network he has kind of formed a team of people around him that come on and do like specialty videos with him to speak to their expertise and the things that they're super familiar with. And there's so much informative content there, but uh, over and over again, they would kind of touch on limited run and they, they'd mention it kind of in passing and I ended up investigating it further. But one of the th- reasons it came up was because they're one of the only companies right now that is supporting Vita releases by releasing eShop games for the Vita in, with physical forms. So it's really awesome. Uh, it's a, I think it's just amazing what they're doing. And yeah, if you agree, go support them, you know, go hit them up and yeah, it, do not miss that narrow window to order stuff because it is some of the stuff like Phil said, the vinyl can sell out for sure. But what have you gotten that you're watching and playing this week? So I actually sat down and watched television. Like what? What is this? Cable television. Cable? Cable television. You still pay for cable? Oh, yeah. What's wrong with you? Oh, man. I I don't know. I can't read. They just put a contract. City? Signed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what actually I fell upon not knowing that he had a new special out, but Ron Funches had a new special drop and I actually was able to uh, to stumble upon it and watch it from start to finish. Um, if you're not familiar with Ron, he is a giant teddy bear of a comedian. He Less really... so a giant teddy bear than before. He's lost well, yeah, he, he had a, a giant weight loss, um, which he talks about in the special. So I'm not going to do any of the jokes. Um, he was really cut his teeth on At Midnight, uh, the Hardwick yep. panel show. Yep. It was the king at it. So yeah. um, his new stand-up special, uh, Giggle Fit, came out last week, and it was fantastic. He and- was the shining moments 
of awesomeness on Undateable along with Chris Dahlia. Yep. Which neither one of them are really the leads of that show, but both of them really shown well. Oh, well, really well in that show. Yeah, Delia was a lead on that show, but well, yeah, I guess he was. Uh, he was the yeah, second he, lead to Brent Morin. Brent Moore, yeah. He was also on Powerless, if you guys remember. Yeah, that, that show was show. trash, but him yeah. and uh, him and uh, Pootie, yeah, yeah, were great together. But yeah, check it out. I'm sure you can hit it up on um, Hulu since it did hit. It was a Comedy Central special. Or just check your on-demand or your Plex uh, servers for that. It was it was a lot of fun. Suzanne's like, I'm not really a stand-up fan. I'm a Ron Funches fan. And that was probably one of the better stand-ups I've seen in years. Dude, he was just in Atlanta about two months ago. I found out the night of the show. We had this thing called Red Comedy Festival, something like that. And uh, I don't normally look at this stuff because it's just a lot of names you don't know. And it's expensive. Yeah. And fuck if I follow his uh Instagram account and he fucking posted that he was gonna be at the, the Red Comedy Festival and I looked at it I'm like, God damn it, miss seeing him live. That that'd have been a date night worthy of a couple hundred bucks. Oh yeah. No, no. I he, think it's like eighty bucks a ticket, sixty bucks a ticket. It wasn't bad for oof. the festival. That's all weekend. I mean it's a three weekend three okay, day okay, weekend yeah, yeah, festival. Yeah. I could have gone all three days. I mean I would have paid it for him, but it's not just his price. But yeah. Sure. Um what else? What else you got going on? So I also have recently taken Octopath Traveler up to a new level, and it's slowly sinking all the time I don't have <laughs> all of it. I, I don't know. I've said it, I think, on the show a hundred times. I don't care for JRPGs. I don't. And the stories are so fun and so good that I just keep even though i'm tired and and have played for three hours i just yeah well no no i guess i can get one more storyline under me before i actually you know <laughs> hit it and quit it so i actually i bought myself an elgato and an extra uh, switch deck or dock and i started streaming and i started streaming my octoplay which is every monday and tuesday morning from now on so we'll nice. see how long that, that goes out. I went for about an hour and a half the other day. It was a lot of fun. I had, I don't know, 10 people in there. So Octopath really doesn't have a heavy streaming community. Like, I think there was only 10 of us total streaming Octopath. So, you know, people are still curious about this game. It was, you know, my chances to have randos come in was pretty good. So uh, that's Imaginary Nomad on Twitch. So I look for that, but it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, more fun than than it should be in my my eyes. So I uh, nice and uh, probably by next Monday or Tuesday, I'll be playing the new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Because what Nintendo does great is like what Paul said is they make you buy games twice. So this uh, Wii U port is coming to the Switch on Friday. And I can't be more excited to play it again. <laughs> uh, I haven't been playing a whole. I did get a Switch. I had a Switch courtesy of a, a listener on a Pokemon Go podcast. It, it showed up on my doorstep with uh, Let's Go Eevee. And this will be the first official Pokemon game I've ever played on the console. I've never played anything other than a little bit of the actual trading card game. And uh, obviously, Pokemon Go on the phone. I've been playing that since it came out for the show. And so, uh, this is the first experience I've had. It's fun. It's cool. Uh, I, I 
feel like as a 40, I guess I'm 42 now, 42-year-old male, that uh, it's a little weird to know all the Pokemon I've come across so far. Like, yeah, I know what that one is. I know what that one is. I know what that one is. Uh, my, the only downside to that game so far, and I've played 30, 45 minutes into it, is it slow as shit balls. Like, it's so self-important with the messages. I can't fast-forward the fonts across the screen. It's like every time you have, what, six Pokemon in your group and your team, and every time you, you capture one, they, they level up, and they have to say, Rattata leveled up. Now I can hit the button. Rattata did this. Now I can hit the button. It's like, come on. I get it. Just fucking get on to the next battle, man. But I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I picked up. Uh, Kingdom Battles, uh, Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battles. I've ordered uh, Incredibles Lego, uh, Lego Incredibles, because my family loves all the Lego games, and that's one of the newest ones out. And uh, that's that's what I've been doing this week. I had Phil on Pins and Needles, because actually, and I'll tell the story on, on Pokemon Go tomorrow night. But the way it came was, Let's Go Eevee came in the own package. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting a package. I don't know what it is. And I was like, this is Nintendo Switch. And I know I didn't mistakenly order this yet. I don't know. And then the very next, I told Phil, I was like, uh, look what just showed up at my house. Cause I know how much he loves Nintendo and all that stuff. And for yeah. 24 hours, he was on pins and needles as I was until that box showed up with the switch in it. I was wide eyed, bushy tailed. <laughs> I ran down to the basement. I was like, Suzanne, 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 look, 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 look. <laughs> She's like, yeah, great. Get out, get, out of my, get out of my office, freak. It's like, all right, see ya. Yeah. Which is then you had an epiphany. Uh, that all three of us now have switches, and we can play the Marvel Ultimate Alliance three when it comes out together. We can stream that. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, and uh, and Dennis also has a switch in his house, and his roommate, whose switch it is, is a giant Marvel fan. Oh, so there you go. He'll be picking it up as well, bro. Nice. Uh, I've been watching an older show called Episodes. I don't remember where it originally aired on. I'm watching it on Netflix, uh, but where uh, Matt LeBlanc plays himself. You know, and, and the two English writers are, are who have done great comedy work in England. I've watched some of their other works. Uh, but the two actors have done other work in England. And, and they're playing two writers. And they come over and everything gets bastardized. It's actually a lot more interesting than I thought it would be as far as how the comedic look at how Hollywood works and how they're compromising the different situations. And it, It's fun. It's a great mix of American and English comedy, I think. It touches them both. Uh, and then today I finally got around. This is what took up my bird box time because I still haven't seen that movie yet. Uh, but technically, neither has anybody in that movie. So, uh, but Elseworlds crossover on CW. Meh. I watch all the crossovers. I used to keep up with all the shows on CW. I just got to where um, I just don't have the time to care. I like the Flash. I keep up with the Legends. I love the Legends. I like the Flash. The rest of it's okay. Uh, Elseworlds did not live up to the previous crossovers. It just wasn't big enough, bad enough. It wasn't exciting enough. It was just, it was a precursor. And it felt like a precursor. Because at the very end of it, they definitely come out with coming, can't remember if it's winter or, or spring of 2019, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And of course, they did Crisis on Earth X last time for the crossover, which actually was pretty damn decent and entertaining. Uh, so they're just relieving in the crowd. I don't know. It was okay, but also the thing about it was it only had three shows. Literally, three episodes, three shows. It had Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. That was it. No Legends, no Black Lightning, which they still haven't brought Black Lightning in for anything, but they really should. 
because it's part of the Berlanti verse. And to be honest, why are you going to exclude it? Why are you going to be separate but equal? That ain't right. So you know, it was it was all right. It was it was it was all right. And I'm glad I don't watch Supergirl anymore because I essentially got the highlights of it by watching this and went mm, hard pass. Yeah, well, there's a Lois Lane. I don't like. There, she might not have a show for much much longer. Yeah, I think right? it's probably the weakest of all the Berlanti verse shows. And uh, I, know, they, I know, Mike. I know you love it, or at least you did. I know they they brought in full on Superman into it, uh, which I think I don't watch it, but I kind of feel like it could take away from the show. But I guess it. But that Lois Lane, that I don't know if I've ever liked a Lois Lane ever, but that one's probably the worst of them all. I think. No, the one on Smallville was really, really shitty. Smallville was shitty. But, yeah. Oh, which, okay. By the way, have you seen the Elseworlds crossover? No. They, and you probably won't, they lie. They lie. In the middle of uh, the first episode, I think it is, they go to Earth 38, 39, whatever it is that has uh, uh, Supergirl, and they fucking play the Smallville song. Somebody saved me. I was like, What? They got Tom Welling. We're going to do Smallville. And no, it's fucking <laughs> Supergirl's Clark Kent. I'm like, why did you do that to me, man? Don't do that shit to me. I cut my teeth on Smallville, bitch. Don't play somebody save me and come in over the fields like the show did. Come on. And then, and then of course, first thing she goes, she says to him, how you doing, Smallville? I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Fuck you. So that's my review of Elseworlds. <laughs> good oh man lots of good stuff tonight lots of fun things uh if you would like to be a part of all of this we still would love to hear from you btp at giantsizeteamup.com and by still i mean last last week we did the retrospective of 2018 and we'd love to hear what your best and worst games were and those kind of things what you're playing now what you're not reading as really we all kind of talked about well of the show <laughs> god damn it Phil. <laughs> uh find us on itunes giantsizeteamup.com and on that.com you've got a lot of awesome stuff like botched and toy power and blazing defender and a number of other great shows over there and we have a t-shirt merchandise store up on T Public, so watch our Facebook pages for that. We'll have it in the show notes as well. We're gonna yes, tiny.cc/gstu, and the GSTU is capitalized. There you go, tiny.cc/capitalgstu, and you'll find out. So people have already been buying the shirts. We got FTH Beyond shirts. We got mugs. We got all kind of cool stuff over there. So check all of that out. Phil, where can they find Paul in the network? Uh, well, don't is where <laughs> you find him. Uh, you can hit him up on any Facebook page for these shows. You can do Twitter, but he doesn't check it unless it's Dragon Con weekend, and that's at GSTU Soapbox. No. Ah, uh, shit. We don't even check it, so we don't know. Uh, yeah, no, fuck Phil. You can find me at SoapboxGSTU on Twitter, and I also will be streaming on my own channel on Twitch, getting it started out in, I probably won't stream on that channel until next week, uh, because I'm going away this weekend, so I'll probably hit it hard starting in the Ugh. new week. Uh, I will probably play some Octopath over there as well, but not at the same time as Phil, or maybe. You can do Calvin. what you want, bro. 
We'll have uh, I'm probably going to stream some Octopath. I've actually not played it because I really think I want to play it on stream. And uh, we'll probably stream more uh, MTG Arena like I did tonight. I will occasionally pop up on the FTH Beyond channel as well uh, because, I mean, we got to yeah. get hours in. <laughs> we got to get that flex going. But yeah, so uh, please, please, please hit me up on Twitch at SoapboxGSTU. Give me a follow, and when I go live, if you're around, check it out. And if you're not, you let me down. Because <laughs> I'm going to need that love early on. Yeah, and FJH Beyond will also be auto-hosting once I get set for you. So uh, it'll, help you, it'll help drive traffic to you, I hope. So the goal there. Phil, where can they actually find you, sir? Imaginary Nomad everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Farmers Only. Uh, you can also find me at every Sunday night streaming uh, Borderlands, something? Borderland 2, I guess, with, uh, with Dennis Robinson, my, my, my work husband uh, over at Botch Podcast. And, uh, and Kurt, the three of us have a good time and, uh, you know, we say happy birthday every once in a while and then uh, read some passages of uh, the new Bible that is uh, Dennis's book that he's working on. That, you can't do that every week. That's, we will. That's till he kills we, us. we can. That's the only uh, way anybody's going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is FJ's Beyond on Twitch that all of us get over there and play Booze and Borderlands. And it's a good time. And we really could use your help. Uh, get out there, watch us live. Uh, share it with your friends, and and we've got Marvel Strike Force on that channel, which is Mondays with Kurt and Thursdays with Kurt and I as we record the podcast. You've got Booze and Borderlands on Sunday night, and then these guys will either direct stream or at least be auto hosted uh, Monday and Tuesday for Philip and whenever Paul sets his schedule. There, so lots of great content going out on FGH Beyond. And then, of course, you can go ahead. This is no bullshit. These Sunday night streams of Booze, Booze and Borderlands is so weird and so fucking wild and so organic it's so crazy and and people have messaged me after it saying that this is some of the weirdest funniest shit they've seen in a while the last two weeks i've left that stream just fucking buzzing like can't wait to just fucking get some more in because it's it's a good time and uh you just you got to be there live to 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 play along with uh, with everyone else in the chat yeah, it is amazing. It's probably the most fun I've ever had playing a game with anybody, just hands down. And and you just never know what's going to happen next. And it's a ton of fun. And Kurt, Kurt didn't even play. Kurt's there stirring the pot and doing voice voiceover guy work. And and uh, it, it's so much. It's so much fun. And then I do a Pokemon Go podcast on Thursdays on Twitch as well under Pokemon Go podcast. And of course, this is breaking the panel. As we've talked about, we do we record it each week. Comes out every weekend. Share it with your friends. Tell us what you think. Come give us some love or hate, or tell us why we're wrong. And then, uh, if you tell us, if you tell us how we're wrong enough, we might just get Christmas back in a few months, maybe. But you, you just got to get in there and uh, do your part for the for the price of hating on a random stranger a day. You can tell us we're wrong, and Christmas will come home. We'll see once we get that wall built. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.